Nice. All right. So let's get started, Dr. Cyanna Rapetja. Hi. Um, so the purpose of this live chat today is to talk about um, work life after COVID. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a pretty a pretty probable reality that a lot more people are going to be working from home more frequently uh, because, you know, every time someone gets sick now in the office, not only is that going to per that person going to need to self-isolate, it's likely that we're going to want that person to self-isolate and everyone that that person came into contact with, you know, every meeting that they were in, all those people may need to self-isolate for a, a period of time yeah. too. I think there's going to be a lot more precautions. Um, right. To, uh, to, pe to people being in the office. Um, at the same time, we're kind of, you know, at this time period where, uh, you know, we've been under the stay-at-home order for quite some time. People are getting antsy and starting to plan for the emergence back into getting back to work or back into regular, what we're calling regular work life. Um, and you're hearing a lot of, of businesses um, talking about what that protocol is going to look like. And everyone from small businesses to large corporations are talking about either, you know, many different, many different things. Um, you know, a lot, I'm hearing a lot about, you know, breaking up the workforce and the staff into teams or segmented sets and having them alternate mm. throughout the week. So you're not exposed to the same people every day. Mm. Um, you have a lot of larger corporations even talking about a very gradual and slow integration of the workforce back into the office. And that could take a few months or many months before they're back at 100% in the office. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a lot, of, a, lot, a lot of different things. And, you know, it's kind of funny you're hearing, you know, especially in New York City, like these big skyscraper-filled corporations, um, you know, talking about logistics, like how do you get the employees, hundreds of employees, up an elevator during rush hour, <laughs> you know, like, because you're yeah. social and one person can go in an elevator at a time. So, mm. you know, things like that are becoming an interesting conversation. Absolutely. Um, so we're going to, yeah. So today we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to get a lot of great information from you. Um, and We'll, we'll talk about what you're personally doing um, in, in these, time, these trying times. We'll talk about some nutrition and fitness advice uh, that you have for us, some immunity tips. Um, we'll talk a little bit about mental health and how we can all stay sane during these trying times. And mm -hmm. we'll end the chat with um, a quick breathwork practice. Um, that people can use to stay calm, but also stay focused. And I'd love to hear what you, um, how you explain why these work practices are so effective on a physiological, biological level. Um, so before we dive into all of that, let's start with you. You're a functional medicine doctor. Uh, you're the founder of Prime Health. What do you do and what is your practice all about? So yeah, um, functional medicine is the core of what I do. I'm also a primary care doctor, so board certified in family medicine. So I can do you know the same things that a conventional primary care doctor does. 
But um, I take it that much further by doing the functional medicine, um, which is basically trying to figure out the root cause of illness and addressing it in the most natural way possible. Um, that's kind of in a nutshell. And then we also do integrative medicine, which is putting together all these different types of therapeutic options like herbs, like um, supplements, nutrition, lifestyle, detoxification, um, hormone balance, all these different areas that need attention. And we're, we're treating the person holistically from all these different angles, um, not just with medication and procedures, which is what most Western doctors only do, unfortunately. Um, so we started this practice, Prime Health, in Denver um, last year in January. Um, and we're really excited about it. We work with health coaches. We also have a PA now, um, also seeing patients. And we see a lot of people with IBS, like digestive disorders, thyroid disorders, autoimmunity, um, and just a lot of complex chronic diseases that fall through the cracks that haven't really been addressed through conventional approaches. Great. Um, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are some of the business challenges that you've been facing during COVID? So I think, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting time for literally every industry, I think. Um, everyone is kind of feeling the economic stress at this point to Even if you're in the health industry, it seems like, you know, we would be getting maybe more, more business, but because we are actually outside of health insurance, you know, we spend hours with our patients. Our initial visit is two hours long. Our second visit is an hour and a half. So, you know, spending that much time can't um, accept insurance to pay because they only pay enough to justify like a 15 or 20 minute max visit. Um, so having that, you know, being in an industry where it's kind of an, it's an extra, it's an added cost for someone you know, out of pocket to have to pay for that. We are kind of thinking about other ways that we can approach this so that we can reach more people in a more affordable way. So we're actually changing things in the, in a way to do group visits soon. So that's something that we've been working on um, while we've had this time to kind of reevaluate and regroup what we're doing um, because there's only so many people that one practitioner can see, but if we're able to do group visits, then we should be able to reach so many more people who need help. So that's something that we've decided to kind of start implementing um, and then, of course, telemedicine. I mean, that's something that was pretty simple for us to do. And all of our patients are really, you know, well-versed in using things like Zoom. And, um, you know, so that hasn't been too much of an issue. And we're still growing. I mean, despite what's going on right now, we're still, you know, alive. And I think so many people need this type of medicine and want functional medicine that it's not really, um, it's not too bad for us, thankfully. Yeah. Has, um, has working from home been a challenge for you? Because as a doctor, you know, typically you see your patients in the office, you know, I would imagine they want to like, they want you to see things, you know, they want you to touch things, you know, um, how has that been? Yeah, honestly, it's not that bad. I mean, my, again, like my patient population, you know, I'm not a dermatologist. I'm not necessarily like looking at specific things on my patients per se. A lot of it is, 
um, you know, laboratory evaluation, supplement programs, medication management. Um, so a lot, you know, a lot of this can be done remotely very much exactly the same as it would be done in person. So it doesn't really affect the medicine that I, I practice that much, which is great. I can even share my screen on Zoom and, you know, go over lab tests. Too bad. I mean, I think the huge change is being able to see our face, you know, the faces of the people through Zoom that we're talking to. I think if it was phone calls and if we we're living in a time where, you know, phone was the only option, I think things would be a lot a lot harder for us to practice medicine and to just even to carry on in the world, you know, in this type of isolated environment. Totally. Zoom has been like the biggest gift. I feel like during the pandemic, like everyone's using Zoom <laughs> for like technology is amazing. Um, yeah. So the next topic that I keep hearing a lot from people about is like, what day is it? Like everyone's really finding it really hard to break up the days because when you work from home which i mean i've been used to for a long time um it does kind of start to like meld all together like sunday and wednesday all kind of like it all feels the same you know it's hard to find the boundaries um between days and between what's work and what's personal um do you have any advice in your experience so far on how you can keep uh keep the differentiation between the days working from home yeah, I mean, for myself, I'm a pretty structured person. So, you know, I see patients, I have my, my schedule of patient visits Monday through Thursday. And then Friday is usually my administrative day where I work, but I don't necessarily see patients. And then I'm off on the weekends, you know, for the most part. So for me, it's been pretty much the same. Honestly, I'm working pretty much full time. I mean, I am working full time um, this whole time. So it's not very different. But I mean, I think some things that that people can do is, you know, have a structure in terms of like workouts, you know, that they do throughout the week. I mean, for me personally, like I've been doing the specific workout on Tuesday and Thursday morning um, with one of our friends and colleagues who does uh, personal training, Jordan Baldwin. And um, that's been amazing. I mean, just like looking forward to that, like on those days of the week has been really helpful. Um, you know, it's different for everyone. I feel like making sure you go to bed at the same time every day is really important. Like people can get into the habit of, well, I don't have to wake up for anything specific. So I might as well stay up and like watch this program or whatever. And then that can kind of throw you off in this like loop of, you know, not maybe waking up early enough and getting the work done that you want um, and being productive. So I think that's also a big thing too, is like having a set schedule for yourself and um, creating that kind of structure and discipline, I think could really help. Yeah. And you actually, you said something else that I think was really, um, valuable, uh, about having something to look forward to. Uh, mm. I find that, you know, when you work from home a lot and, uh, you know, you could do your work on Saturday or you could do your work on Sunday, it doesn't really matter. Um, I mean, you might want to, a lot of entrepreneurs are driven to, to be working all the time. Mm. Uh, a good way to break that up and make the weekend actually feel like the weekend is to have something to look forward to on Friday. So <clears throat> yeah, as, simple as baking something on Friday night, you know, yeah. scheduling like a zoom happy hour, you know, cause we're still in isolation. Yeah. 
you know, having uh, a, a mocktail or a cocktail over a Zoom happy hour with some friends. So having something kind of social or just unwork related, cooking a special meal, whatever it is, to look forward to on Friday is a good way, I think, to um, to break that up also. Mm. Um, Definitely. So workflow, I mean, you, you mentioned, I mean, you are a very organized, very structured person. So uh, I would imagine you have a good <laughs> hand on finishing your hours. Um, but a lot of people do find themselves working, you know, around the clock and not knowing like throughout the day um, how to break that up throughout a day. I mean, you mentioned exercise is a good way to do it. Um, how do you break up the day from task to task, give yourself breaks, um, things like that? Like, how, how do you break up your mm. day? I think um, for me, you know, the way I like to schedule my days, I usually start seeing patients around 11 a.m. So that that gives me a whole chunk of the morning to be able to wake up, you know, do a 10 minute meditation, um, you know, spend some time outside, um, feel, you know, feel the sun on my skin for a moment, breathe some fresh air and like hang out with my cats for a second. And then, and then get and into the work <laughs> and the chickens, check up on the chickens. So, you know, do, do these things that kind of like wake up my brain in a way that isn't just like, I have to work immediately. Um, and then if I have time, you know, I'll, I'll try to get a workout in as well in the morning. Um, that's when I like to work out the most. And it, it's been shown to help, you know, get you into a deeper state of sleep. Um, so so I do like to work out in the morning as best as I can and then do some work to prepare for the day, you know, read up on who I'm going to be seeing that day. And then usually between visits, I'll have like a 30 minute break or maybe an hour, or, you know, depending on what my day looks like. And I'll use that time to, you know, go for a breather, have a conversation with someone else that may be work related or not, have something to eat. Um, yeah. And then basically, you know, seeing patients, having a couple breaks here and there, and then I finish up my work um, in the evening. That's usually how I structure my day. I think it is really important to have like spurts of concentration because there's only so much that your brain can handle at a given period of time. Um, and I think that that's been studied, you know, pretty well that you should be taking breaks from focus every now and then so to avoid um, burnout. So like, you know, really hardcore concentration for like 30 minutes, break for like 15, 20 minutes, and then like, you know, whatever cycle or time frame works best for you. I think it's probably very individual, but I think it's really important to do that. I completely agree. And I feel like um, the breath work that we'll do at the end of this chat is one way that I like to break that up too, because um, not only is it like revitalizing, it kind of clears the clutter in my brain, you know, it kind of gets you ready for the next, next task. And it, 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 it fills that purpose of being like a divider into the next thing. Um, great. So let's talk about yeah. some nutrition tips. Um, a lot of us they seem to be falling into what people are calling the Corona 15, if you will. <laughs> um, <laughs> People are not used to working from home are, you know, 
uh, all of a sudden you're right next to the refrigerator or the snacks that you oh, stocked yeah. up on or hoarded from the grocery store when everyone was <laughs> right there in your face. Um, yeah, what are some nutrition tips or snacking tips, um, general eating habit tips that you can share with us? Yeah, I mean, I love the Michael Pollan quote, um, you know, eat real food, mostly plants, not too much. I mean, if we could all follow that, then we'd all be in a really good place. Um, I also think, you know, something that's been life changing for me and for a lot of my patients is time restricted eating. Um, so making sure you're eating in a, in a certain window of time, not throughout the entire day from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep. That is really, really important for so many reasons. Um, our bodies need that time to rest. Our digestive system needs that time to rest. That way overnight, we're able to, our liver's able to clear out toxins and um, clear out proteins that are in our body and in our brain. Um, so it can help with even, you know, mental cognition and reducing risk of Alzheimer's. So I like to do a time period between like 11 and 7 or 8 p.m. And that puts me into a pretty good place usually. Um, that gives me about like between 14 and 16 hours of, of um, fasting per day. Uh, and that's usually what I recommend to my patients because you know, most people, even if they feel like, oh my God, like that's a long time. Once they start doing it, once they like start with 12 hours, go to 14, maybe go to 16, they're like, wow, like I didn't realize how easy this was. You know, like this is actually what, what our bodies are intended to do. Um, so that's a really nice way without even changing what you're eating at all to just be able to control your weight to a, to a certain level. Um, and if you can, you know, going to bed, maybe like at least like two, you know, giving your body like two hours or three, if you can, um, without having eaten, you know, before going to bed. And then just in general, eating real food, you know, so that's that quote of just not eating things that are coming out of packages too much. And it's not easy for everyone to do that. I mean, we don't all have access to grocery stores all the time. Maybe we're trying to avoid that, you know, to avoid contact. So we have to be looking to delivery services, and that's definitely something that a lot of us are using. If Thrive Market is a really great delivery service for really healthy, non-perishable food items. They have like wild-caught salmon and sardines. It, it broke up a little bit. Oh, Thrive Market, I really like. You know, Thrive. Oh, yes. Love. Yeah, yeah. So they're great. I mean, there's so many delivery options, and even for like, healthy type meats, you know, if people are meat eaters, and they want to be conscious about where they're getting their meat from, which is something that, you know, I think, right now, more than ever, we're a little bit more conscious of, you know, where is food coming from? And what is that doing to the planet? You know, now that viruses are becoming so rampant the way they are, you know, what are we doing to the planet that is causing this to happen? And we should be really reflecting on that. Um, so, you know, getting your meat specifically from places that are really well sourced, like regenerative farms, um, is really important. And, and that's something that I've recently started to learn more about and educate myself. Because um, ever since hearing about it from a friend of mine, uh, Mandy with Tribe Green Rising, and then also Mark Hyman with his new book, The Food Fix, uh, we're just yeah. learning so much about how 
um, you know, regenerative farming is going is going to basically be the answer to heal our planet. And we don't have to, you know, necessarily even decrease or stop eating meat. Actually, we actually need animals to help the process of regenerative farming. So it's, it's really fascinating. There's even I've heard of vegans who used to be strict vegan actually starting regenerative farms, which have animals on them, you know, because that's a part of the that's a part of the whole process. So, so just thinking about that and thinking about where we can get our our meat from in a regenerative way, and I think I'm breaking up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I lost like the last five seconds. Where you get the meat from, and then yeah, um, there's a couple farms out there. I mean, I really like um, Corner Post Meats. That's a local one in in. Colorado. Um, Jack Rabbit Hill Farms, another one in Colorado. There's some more. There's another one on the East Coast that I'm blanking on right now, but I could get you their names. Yeah, I can link to those when we uh, when we post the episode. That'd cool. I lo actually, I love the uh, webinar that you just did with the regenerative farm. Um, yeah, person. yeah. And um, you were Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you were talking about how it's it's like a, as you know you've studied the body and uh, she has studied regenerative farms and you were saying how it's like kind of like a micro you were looking at the body like it was a microcosm of it's like the same yeah exactly of, explain that exactly yeah yeah basically I mean the way I think about it is that you know functional medicine is to the healthcare system as regenerative farming is to the agriculture system. Because what we're doing is basically giving the body or giving, you know, nature what it needs. If you give it what it needs, <laughs> you know, to heal itself or to exist, coexist in a balanced ecosystem, it will do it itself. You know, it doesn't need medication. It doesn't right. need fertilizer. It doesn't need pesticides. Um, you know, so if you just give the body what it needs, you know, give basic for a human, it would be nutrition, adequate hydration you know, rest, <laughs> um, detoxification, you know, making sure things are being eliminated. If you allow that to occur, then you won't need to use strong chemicals or anything like that. Just same thing with agriculture. And that's the whole, that's the whole idea behind it. Amazing. Yeah. It's all just about returning to the natural cycles of things, mm -hmm. of life, of nature. It's like so yes. simple. Why can't we just like figure this out? Like why is this? Yeah, I know. It's just we want to keep hyper producing and more yeah. and more and, and just this artificial production of giant, um, you know, uh, cattle and animal operations that are just so abnormal to nature, you know, and then that's where all these problems come in. Yeah, fascinating. Anyways, we digress. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so fitness advice. I think you have some advice for us for at-home workouts that people can do while they're working from home, whether in isolation or, you know, post-COVID, if you continue to want to work out at home. Yeah, I mean, something that's so important that we're learning about more and more is so important to fitness and, you know, glycemic control, like making sure weight is, is controlled, is having movement throughout the day. You know, not just like, okay, 30 minutes, I'm going to work out really hard, and then I'm going to sit the entire rest of the day. Like, that's actually not better for you, you know? 
So you could just actually do like 10 minute, like work short workouts throughout the day, maybe like three or four times. And that would actually probably be better for you than jump bump, you know, bunching it all together. So doing things like having a kettlebell around, or right now I actually have an under the desk elliptical <laughs> machine that what? you can use while you're sitting. <laughs> yeah, it's really pretty cool. I think it's, it's like $150. So curious. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not that expensive. And you know, it could really help you even just like build brain power because you're enhancing the circulation to your brain while you're working. Um, or just even like a pull up bar or just going for a walk in the middle of the day or after you eat, you know, these types of things. Um, I mean, that's the beauty of working from home is that you have access to be able to do these kinds of things. So if you are still working from home, you know, those are definitely good options. Um, but if, you know, if not, I mean, hopefully you can bring this into your work life, you know, make sure you have a standing desk op opportunity. You know, if you're, if your boss, you know, won't allow it, then like your doctor can usually write a note. I've done that multiple times and say, you know, really? make sure this person has a standing desk. And yeah, I mean, I mean, sometimes that you can get your work to pay for it. <laughs> that's a great, uh, yeah, that's a great tidbit to have. Yeah, definitely. And even if you can't have one of those like, you know, really nice high end standing desks that the whole desk moves, you can even get one. I mean, I have one right here, like, it's literally just an attachment that you put on top of your desk that you can put away, you know, and put on your desk so that you can stand and, and sit and kind of decide what you want to do. So you're not so immobile throughout the day. Yeah, that's great. Um, what about immunity tips? I think a lot of people are, are, are nervous if they are returning to work at some point. Um, into the office with all these people around, touching the elevator button, using you know um, a shared restroom. Um, what kind of tips do you have for people to stay um, uh, to keep their immune systems um, strong? Yeah, I mean immunity. You know, immunity is basically determined moment to moment for us. I mean, we can be making decisions all the time, like from the thoughts we think to the food that we put in our mouth, you know, the movement that we're doing, the relationships that we keep, you know, all these things, I think, you know, we're all kind of like reflecting on how to build up our immunity right now because of COVID. And I don't think that should stop. You know, if we go to work again, it's not like all of a sudden, you know, we're back to normal. Like this is all going to be like a gradient, like you said, you know, it's not just like, everything is um, back to what it was. So we all need to be thinking about nutrition and movement and stress relief. Proper sleep is so critical. You know, when you're going back to work, I know a lot of people lose sleep because they have to commute or something like that, or they have to, you know, work different hours of the day. But I think just prioritizing sleep, just making sure that that is such an important part of your life. It's so, so critical to our immune system and to our, you know, glucose control, to our brain health. I mean, so many parts of our body, of course, because it's all connected, but certainly to our immune system. So really, really shooting for that, you know, eight hours if we possibly can. Um, I think that's something that we're all going to have to really keep in mind is that even if we are going back to work, like we still need to be taking care of ourselves in the same way and taking the things that we learned about cooking, about nutrition, about 
you know, taking pause, taking time to time for yourself. Um, what about mental health? I mean, this is obviously a very stressful and uncertain time that we're moving into. I know a lot of people I've been speaking to are very, um, you know, just jittery and just, you know, don't know what to expect about the economy and their jobs and, and things like that. There's a lot of things kind of floating around. Um, I mean, my yeah. number one thing that I've been saying is like, stop watching the news. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. It's like 30 minutes to like, see what's going on and just like turn it off you know mm -hmm. like otherwise definitely it's it's fear-mongering um, yeah what uh what suggestions do you have for people to kind of stay sane and calm during these times i mean there's a lot of things right but but i think one major thing is that we all need to be very still stay really grateful for what we do have going on for us because you know, there is a lot going on in the world that's out of our control, and that will always be the case. But the one thing we do have control over is what we pay attention to in our own lives, you know, and what we choose to pay attention to, you know, so making sure that we're still looking at the beautiful parts of life, that we're still, you know, making time for talking to friends, talking to family, you know, spending time with people that we love, so important, you know. I was just listening to something last night from Dr. Lisa Rankin. She's done a lot of um, research on like placebo effect, power of the mind and loneliness. And there's a crazy statistic that, you know, loneliness actually can increase your mortality or your death rate, like 45%. Um, so 45%? that's, yeah. 45%, so loneliness, that's yeah is the biggest wow. killer, basically, uh, more than smoking, you know, 15 cigarettes a day, more than alcohol, more than obesity is loneliness. So we are really, you know, in a point where we really need to be thinking about mental health. What are, you know, what kind of support system do we have? What kind of support are we giving to the people that we love? Um, you know, because that's the same amount, like maybe 50% of elderly people or seniors report that they are lonely, you know? So, I mean, these people are going to be at higher risk of developing a serious condition when, if they get coronavirus, you know, and you know, most people should not have symptoms when they get coronavirus. Um, of people should have mild or no symptoms related to coronavirus if they get it. So, you know, we should be able to increase that number with, with things that we're choosing to do, like through reaching out, through making sure we are keeping close contact with a certain small group of people. You know, we're, we're calling our friend group our quarantine. And I know that's something that has been thrown around a lot on social media as being, you know, a name for the people that you choose to spend the most time with during this time. And everyone really needs that, you know, whether it's your family or good friends, we all need to be supporting each other through this. I mean, that's really where I think mental health is going to improve a lot. And then just really making time for yourself, giving yourself that time. For me, it's 10 minutes a day. I really have to do it. I mean, when I miss a day, I notice it really big time. Um, that 10 minutes a day of meditation, different types of meditation, whatever, whatever you're into, um, something to bring you back 
to gratitude, bring you back to self-reflection, you know, what's going right? How can I be better? You know, asking for strength, asking for, you know, whatever you need, you know, to keep going. Love it. Um, on that note, um, I want to practice a little breathwork tool, which awesome. is super easy that anyone can do at any time during the day. Um, the one thing I would suggest is just washing your hands or antibacterial, <laughs> touch your face. Um, but you would just sit up in your chair with your spine straight. And I usually just like to start with one cleansing breath in through the nose and one out through the mouth. And what you're going to do is you're going to take your two piece fingers, the index finger and the middle finger, and you're going to place it in the center of your forehead. And we're going to do something called Nadi Shodhana or alternate nostril breathing that a lot of the yogis I'm sure know. Um, you take your thumb, and you're gonna close your right nostril as you breathe in through your left nostril. And you will take your fourth finger, close the left nostril and breathe out through the right nostril. Breathe in through the right nostril, close the right nostril, breathe out through the left nostril in through the left nostril and then out through the right. And we'll do that a few times together. Right, left, left in, right out, right in, left out, left in, right out. And people watching, you can continue to do that while we talk about that a little bit. Um, I find that it's great because it gives you both clarity and um, calm. And there are a lot of, um, I, there's a lot of reasons um, that I've read about. I don't know how much it's biological or not, um, about why it works. Some are saying that you're stimulating the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous systems at the same time because of the left and the right brain. Um, mm. But I figured we would ask someone who might, who might actually know the answer. <laughs> why does that work? I, <laughs> I, I recommend doing at least 10 breaths if you're in a rush, if you're in a rush between tasks, um, but the longer you do it, the better you feel, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, it's slowing down. Anytime you slow down your breathing, you're activating your, your parasympathetic nervous system. Your vagus nerve has to activate in order to slow down your breath, and then that in turn slows down your heart rate, and you know takes you out of that fight or flight mode that kind of adrenal adrenaline overdrive mode that so many of us live in especially in new york city you know rushing from place to place which is how things you know used to be and how things could go back to you know very soon so i think you know keeping that type of practice in your repertoire is so important for that mm -hmm. yeah definitely
Yeah. Do you know I, anything about, cause I, I sorry. Mm. I was just going to say, yeah. I mean, and in addition, you know, it's activating that side of your nervous system, but that parasympathetic nervous system, it has to be active in order for actually your immune system to be functional. So kind of bringing it back to, right. I mean, what we're talking about is basically, you know, protecting yourself against harm, against COVID, for instance, you know, doing something like this is absolutely beneficial to avoiding an illness like that. So not only does it help the uh, mental uh, clarity and your mental health, but it's also um, strengthening your immune system and potentially your physical health. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Love it. <laughs> um, great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time with us. Um, yeah, you're welcome. This was so I'll, great. I'll and, also uh, end can, with... Where can uh, people find... Sorry, we're talking at the same time. Oh, sorry, it's cutting out. <laughs> oh, people can find us on our <laughs> website. Um, it's it's www.primehealthdenver.com. And I was just going to say, you know, beforehand that that we just opened up our online store actually. So we are selling um, an immunity bundle of supplements and it includes vitamin C, um, vitamin D, magnesium, and um, something that we call prime immunity, which is an awesome uh, supplement of beta glucan. It comes from the cell wall of the Saccharomyces yeast and it's been shown to, to slow down the duration of um, or actually um, decrease the duration of flu-like illness, so viral illnesses. So it's something that can you, you can use to actually boost your immune system. Amazing. And you're located in Denver, but you do remote uh, consultations and work. Yes, with, we do. Right? Yeah, yeah, we do. We I have a license in New York City specifically, so that's that's definitely a place where I can work with people um, as well as in Colorado. And we're also on Instagram, obviously. Um, and Facebook as well, Prime Health underscore Denver. Great. Have a lovely rest of your day. And thank thank you. you for all the tips. Thank you. This was awesome. Get out of it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Emerged from the cocoon. Let's see if I can figure out how to shut this off. Thanks to everyone who joined <laughs> too. I hope it was helpful for everybody. Bye. Bye. Love you.